Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy. I've just woken up from a nap, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Ah, uh, not too bad. Still adjusting to the weird hours that I'm having to keep because of my job. I'm, like, having to get up in the actual morning mm. and go to sleep in the evening, which is so weird. Well, uh, yeah, that is, I guess, my normal, but uh, also I can understand. <laughs> yeah, I, it's... I knew people who work nights, and and uh, you you do get into that, that weird role of, uh, actually, my, my brother, uh, he works uh, factory type hours where he's he's getting up at he's going to work at 6 p.m and then he's coming home at 6 a.m he's working 12 hour shifts and uh to me it's just like it boggles my mind to flip your hours like that but honestly it's what you're used to right so yep it's my my old bit wasn't quite exactly that but pretty close so Mm -hmm. well i'm glad you're you're getting used to your new hours and uh things are going well but we got some fun stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, not as much Fey, but we do have a little uh, popular video game to talk about, which is Fire Emblem Three Houses Cindered Shadows in our game club, which we're kicking off this week. But before we get to that, we do have some business to get through, which includes listing off all the banners that you may or may not be throwing orbs at this week, including the weekly revival banner 20 Summer Refreshes, which goes until the 27th, A Sketchy Summer until the 6th of August, Heroes Light and Shadow until the 7th, Oversee Memories until the 8th, and Heroes with Rouse Skills until the 10th. Now, Eddie, I did not have any luck on my free summons, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, biding my time collecting my orbs, but I want to know, how how did for, you do? For another push at Dorothea? I have no idea, you know, um... Dorothea might be might might not uh, I don't know if it's a smart move I'm 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 waiting uh I don't know if I'll wait until the 7th of August and be like you know do a Hail Mary uh sort of sort of summon attempt but I think I'm at least gonna wait to see what the mythic hero is just to see well yeah I definitely figure I'll wait for the mythic hero but for you and the way you play uh, Dorothea being one of your favorites it feels like a smart move for you to spend orbs on her I Although think so. there is that letdown if you fail to get her, but you know, yeah, it feels the way you tend to play, picking in characters you actually like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to spend your orbs, might as well spend them on her. I think I think oh. you're right. Like if I were to spend my orbs on on summoning her, I would be, I wouldn't be upset because I don't have enough where I'm like I'm dumping a bunch and then not getting her, but. uh it's funny. It's just moments like this remind me that I really wish we had the spark system for special heroes. And oh yeah, same. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of the spark system, I did decide to go ahead and spark the heroes light and shadow banner. Banner. Um, I had a slow start, uh, but I did eventually get Chris. Uh, the next ring was all a uh, single color, and figured why not pull the whole thing for the halibut, even though I didn't need it anymore, having just gotten Chris. Uh, and also would speed up finishing getting to that spark and i ended up getting a second chris and kill on that ring so it kind of worked out um i kept going with no luck by the time i got to the spark a few rings later and went ahead and grabbed chris for my guaranteed summon so i did get both versions nice of chris so i'm just uh i'm i'm 
uh, like I said, I just woke up from a nap. It was, it's been a long couple days. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to pee. I'm going to, I'm going to like put my tinfoil hat on here. I'm going to sift through your comments and I'm going to guess because Kajel is a blue. So the first Chris you got was female Chris. And then the, yes. okay. And then the spark Chris obviously was, was male, male Chris. Chris. Okay. Yeah. So you got two female Chris's and one, oh. uh, one, spark the spark male chris so you know what i even said i'm like i've I've listened i looked at your notes and i still miss oh you got two so i uh (laughs) man you know what i'm uh i'm I'm trying it's it's really it's that well that's great congrats that you got those those chris's a whole whole bunch what is a what is a group of chris's would you like a, a cackle of chris's would that be the proper group term sure sounds good to me yeah cackle with a k that's not how you spell also halibut he, he i want everyone to know at home that he wrote halibut in the notes um yep. and uh he stuck with it i i appreciate uh, the dad joke there that's really good um i i want to say this about about chris i and last week when we did the sort of hero rundown and and we were very we were very honest about what we knew and didn't know about these about these characters and i gotta say the forging bond uh, event and the story of what they were saying with with the fact that you have these two versions of Chris. I I don't think they've done and I don't think they've done anything like this. You know where no, you have both Chris's. Yeah, this is the first Avatar character they've added since Forging Bonds. They've had you know alt versions of other Avatar characters. I can't recall if there were any duo versions in the Forging Bond system, but yeah, this is the first time we've had a avatar character where you could choose the gender pop up in a mm-hmm. forging bonds and then interact like this, which was pretty interesting and fun. It was really I cool. Yeah. And and the fact that, uh, essentially in the summon in the summoning path, male Chris was the canon choice. So all, all the characters that were being summoned knew their Chris as, as male Chris, but the fact that, and then female Chris who came along was summoned as well she no one was from her world no one no one knew that version of chris but still they accepted her as chris because she was the same person the only differ differing factor was was their was their gender so it was a really it was a really the good only difference was the looks yeah uh, yeah gender and and uh obviously the looks yeah so it was uh I thought it was a really. Well, I was I was kind of boiling gender and all that down to just looks. Sure, yeah. So they did. They did, oh, yeah. Good point. Um, <laughs> I, I just I I really felt like that was a really interesting way of handling it, and and just goes to show how how much effort they've been putting into these forging bonds, right? And and to see to see these these stories being told and and highlighting these characters that. I, I would think a majority of their Western audience know nothing about. So it's really cool that they, that they got to do that. Yep. And it also kind of confirms that the, um, Chris's and, uh, Julian and Lena are definitely mystery of the emblem versions, not, you know, shadow dragon versions. Cause, uh, Julian and Lena, while in that, their conversations about the Chris's talk about how, um, you know, Chris helped rescue Lena when she was, you know, kidnapped or whatever, or under the enemy's spell. So that is something that happens late in the in book two or Mystery of the Emblem. 
so yeah no and as you said like all all the that was a really cool moment too where all of the actions that male chris did in the memories of the characters that were summoned the exact like female chris would confirm like oh yeah that's exactly how it went down and i mean that's that's how it worked in the game right didn't matter whether you picked yep. male or female you experienced the same the same story so that was a really interesting way of representing that in Faye. and um it's kind of funny that they this is the first time they've acknowledged it in this creative way whereas in the other characters they just no it's just a male and female version of corn and robin and and uh and byleth exist but they're not they're not addressing it you know in in any in any fashion um, or if they do, it's much more subtle or, you know, brushed off. Yeah, And this exactly. one hits it head on, which was nice. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Yeah. And I just, I thought it was worth, I mean, we don't normally mention a uh, story unless it, unless it jumps out at us. And I, I didn't even play the new story chapter they added. It, did, have you tried oh, it yet? Yeah, no, I have not played it yet. Yeah, I forgot. So. And I apologize to our listeners who are maybe, maybe something crazy happened and you want us to discuss it. Uh, I, I completely yeah. forgot. Um, so a, a little later, we're going to talk about the new resplendent hero who was announced a couple days ago. Uh, however, this morning or earlier today, uh, the resplendent Robin came out. And now that he's actually alive in game, uh, the health outfit actually looks a bit better than I thought it originally would. Uh, because the glowing purple part of the outfit, or sort of glowing, not really, uh, is like tight skin tight on him, tight you know, so it looks a lot more like uh, it could be see-through skin. And his tactician cloak brings most of the bolt to the sign design. So, it, you know, it's not see-through skin, but it's a lot closer to it than it looked in the on the website. Mm-hmm. Well, I can say that um, I, I came around on Resplendent Robin. I think the, like you said, the website artwork didn't really scream out to me but uh having summoned or having subscribed to fade pass and getting the summon and taking a closer look at the hero in game i think you're right like it does it does yeah. it does come off and, and as the first hell version of our resplendent heroes i yeah it's a pretty good start and i'm looking forward to seeing yeah. more with that design for me the website art looked like it was just really bulky with a an attempt at making it look like see-through skin throughout it but the fact that the bulk is the cloak and it is kind of a skin tight outfit underneath to make mm-hmm. it look more like see-through skin while not being see-through skin because you don't get any bones on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No. And um, it, I think it, I think it looks great. And, and I was, I was saying I did, I did subscribe to Faye pass. We were talking a bit about this pre-show and I was kind of, unsure of how to how to talk about it i mean but i think it's worth worth noting so i i did subscribe because i I wanted minerva uh they announced olwyn which we'll talk about a little later and i thought she looked cool i thought minerva looked cool and like i said i came around on on robin so i did subscribe to fae pass but but honestly i'm kind of in like a in my mind um a gameplay lull when it comes to fae like i'm not enjoying the grind as much as i have been i mean i've been playing the game since launch uh every day so it was bound to happen at some point um but not to the point where i'm i really don't i really don't want i I, sorry it's not i'm not at the point where i want to stop playing i'm at the point where i just need a break but want to keep playing so in order to to kind of 
bridge that gap. I'm like, I'll subscribe to Fay Pass. I'll get my autoplay. And it feels really weird to be saying I'm happy to spend the $15 so I can play less of this, like kind of step away from the game, but keep playing it. But um, that's what I did. I subscribed to Fay Pass. Uh, mm-hmm. The heroes are definitely the reason. Um, if they if the heroes weren't yeah. there, I wouldn't have subbed. I probably would have just taken a break. But um, yeah, for yeah. me, it's the three resplendent heroes for ten dollars. And yeah, for those who are going to say I'm part of the problem that they don't put the other things for free, I you play the game how you want to. I am willing to spend the ten dollars for the three heroes, and I enjoy the other features. While I mm-hmm. still wish they would, uh, you know, move most of those other features out from the paywall yeah and and as you said it it should be it should be repeated here like i think for me as well as you the resplendent heroes are the number one reason we sub for fey pass and and i think for me if those resplendent heroes didn't exist and the fey pass was literally just these quality of life features i wouldn't sub i would i would probably play less of the game i wouldn't stop playing but i'd I'd probably play less like i Mm -hmm. I wanted to finish the forging bonds so we could talk about it because I was very interested in what was going on in that story, but I wasn't, I I was, I was not enjoying a typical grind of forging bonds, but I was very much enjoying just hitting a button, queuing up 10, walking away, coming back. Oh, I queued up a part of the story. Like that to me is, is the most satisfying is, is seeing those numbers go up. Summoning, summoning of course is the, is like everybody probably the the number one reason they play this game because they want to get their favorite characters but that's kind of where i'm at in in the in fey i'm kind of glad that i've convinced myself to subscribe back to fey pass so i can um go back to enjoying the gameplay a little bit i guess i don't know it's i don't know if i'm being too harsh or being not harsh enough but um that's kind of where i'm Mm -hmm. at and i'm looking forward to to just uh being able to take a step back and and uh watch some auto battles you know don't don't worry. This is the internet. I'm sure if you wait long enough, you can find people who will tell you you're doing both of those things. True, very true. I look forward to uh, having my uh, my biases confirmed, as well as my um, what's the other one? My my negative tendencies. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we will see. However, before all that fun email comes in or comments come in, uh, we do have a bunch of events going on starting up before the first. Uh, we have the voting gauntlet and login uh, voting gauntlet login bonus starting on the 27th uh, for the voting gauntlet starting on the 31st. A hall of, new hall of forms starting on the 28th. The Norian summer banner rerun starting on the 29th. The mythic hero banner in battle starting on the 30th. Uh, and like I mentioned, that voting gauntlet is starting up on the 31st. Nice. Uh, Good stuff. Well, uh, something to look forward to for everyone going forward, including the voting gauntlet. Um, notice we didn't talk about Grand Conquest. Uh, Eddie's playing it. Oh, did that start? It did start. Um, <laughs> I had to. I had to mention it <laughs> just in case you'd forgotten. Eddie, your favorite mode started this week. Come on. Yes. Uh, my, uh, wait, uh, what mode were we talking about again? Uh, Amira, the Bishop of Woe. That mode. <laughs> Ah, yes, Aramaya, the Grand Hero Battle, and data for Aramaya is out and in the game. And she comes with no new skills, but does have Panic Plus and Physic Plus as her attack and heal skills. Miracle for her special. 
She also comes with attack resistance push maxed out at four. You can get the max version of that at four stars, as well as distant guard locked behind five stars. And also now that the characters are in the game, we do know that the fence resistance on Lena is fully unlocked at four stars. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff indeed. Uh, I haven't jumped in to face off against Amira yet. Uh, have you? I'm... I hopped in right before the um, we started recording and grabbed her. Uh, miscalculated some things and had to use the auto restart thing or the restart go back a turn thing uh, and managed to take her out. So. Jeez, her intro text is pretty harsh. <laughs> I just booted yeah, it up well, to, to kind of see, and she's just like, "My worthless children are terrible at blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Holy crap, lady!" Like, I've already beaten both Clarice and Legion and uh, GHVs and summoned Katarina. So that's her three quote unquote worthless children. Yeah. Well, I mean, lady needs to. Yeah, she and needs she, to look into her. Been- Tortured and manipulated by Garnef, so... I suppose... I suppose uh, Garnef... I'm not saying she's not evil, but it kind of has a tragic backstory. Yeah. As we mentioned last week. As do all Fire Emblem bad guys, except for like the truly maniacal evil people like uh, Demon King and all that fun stuff. Uh, Speaking of Fire Emblem bad bad guys, um, apparently the game wanted some uh, self-flagellation uh, because it gave me a random selection for the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Lost Lore. Mm-hmm. gave me a ran- random selection of all um, genealogy heroes for the strike. And once I revealed them, I have Eldigan beating up Eldigan. Hmm. That's so. interesting. Okay. Well, take that, Eldigan. Um, yeah. I. Uh, I'm not sure I understand what... Sorry, say that again? What was it that so, happened? So, the strikes in the Lost Lore events. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You fight four villains. Sometimes they're just generic bad guys or whatever, but you fight four villains that you reveal throughout the battle. So it gave me four random heroes, like it does, and I didn't change them. And it was like Eldigan, Levin, and two others, I don't remember who. And as it revealed them, it ended up that Eldigan was facing off against Eldigan in there. Oh, interesting. Interesting yeah, that the Eldigan game would do from Fey, it's just random, and I think if I redo the strike again after this round, it'll have the characters in a different place, but probably the same four characters. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. So. You should do that. You should do it again. Just keep it that way. If it worked out the first time, right? You don't want to yep. Don't wanna mess with fate uh speaking of i don't want i don't think it's fate but speaking of fate i'll say it anyways um we got our reveal of the Alwyn resplendent hero early um although as of this recording it, it, it would we would have known about it already but i guess there was a holiday in japan so that was the reason it was announced a couple days early uh before robin arrived in the game but uh, we were going to be getting Olwen as the next resplendent hero after male Robin. And she, her, uh, her distribution will be starting August 10th. And she is in Askrin uh, clothing. And I will say this. I thought she looked really cool. Um, and I wasn't sure if I have Olwen. I think I have Olwen, but I'm, I'm not 100%. I think this version of Olwen, unless it's not the base version of Olwen, is the one that... Um, 
Let's see. Because there are two Olwens, right? Blue Mage Knight. I think this is the version that comes as a three-star. There's a three-star Olwen? I didn't Maybe know. I'm misremembering. Maybe it was just um, Reinhardt that actually had a three-star version. I know Reinhardt I believe does. this is the original version of Olwen. Okay. Well, you're going to be getting another one of those if you're subscribed to Faye Pass on August, uh, starting August 10th. But you'll have two weeks to pick her up if you so choose to. Uh, but uh, that is pretty much what we've got for Fire Emblem Heroes. But do not fret. We would not have ran through that content so quickly if we did not have something else up our sleeves, which is the return of game club and as we've been teasing not teasing i think we've been pretty straightforward about it uh we are going to be talking about cindered shadows which is the side story for three houses which released a year ago tomorrow so uh well as of this recording i just dated ourselves but yeah (laughs) yeah um just a quick note i did double check and yes olwen is five star only and this is the first version of olwen that we're getting but it is a five star only well, there so. you go. Thank you for confirming that. Um, well, yeah, so Cindered Shadows yes. intro. What do you got for me, Eddie? So in 185 of the Adrestian calendar, the four monks of church, four monks of the Church of Seros, known as the Four Apostles, tried to use the Chalice of Beginning to perform the Rite of Rising to bring back the goddess. Uh, this happened on the year that the, um, oh, what you call it, monastery was finished building as part of the celebration for finishing that. Uh, upon failing, upon failing uh, the right arising failing, they vanished into the ends of Phoneland, one to the forests, one to the sea, one to the mountains, and the last faded into shadows in a town untouched by day's light. Uh, and they, as lo- well as the Navatine chalice they used to try the ritual, faded into legend. In present day, we open up on Alois bringing a report to Lady Rhea during. And during their discussion, she brings up the right arising and the names of the four apostles, Noah, Chevalier, Timotheos, and Aubin. I may be mispronouncing them because it's been quite a while since I played through it. Um, and even playing through it and listening to say it, I can't remember if I pronounced it right. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm terrible at pronouncing names, so uh, <laughs> don't even ask me. <laughs> Yeah, and they live on only in their crest for whom the bloodlines of have been lost. Alois gives him re- gives his report saying that have been there have been several inc- incidents in the underground beneath Garrig Mock. We then go to find the monastery's newest profession- professor, fresh off-, off of defending the crypts of the monastery from theft during the rite of rebirth. Uh, along with the heads of the three houses having tracked a suspicious individual to a hole in the wall of the monastery that looks uh, strikingly like a passageway. Hmm. After discussing whether or not to get more help chasing the bandit-shaped person, uh, three additional students show up and are roped into joining the other four, which leads us into Chapter 1. Exactly. And in chapter one, we are uh, presented with the fact that Byleth, the house leaders, and a few others from each house venture into the abyss after chasing a mysterious person through a hole in the wall, as Eddie had mentioned. And uh, I don't have it in my write-up, so I'm going to get... I'm going to try to remember the three. So it was um, Ash, Hilda, Linhart, right? 
I'm not. Yep. I'm, okay. Again, terrible with and, names. And, and... and it is Abyss, not the Abyss. Everyone, they always state just Abyss. Oh, okay. Okay. Into Abyss. That's such. So, okay. Yeah, because it's a, it's a location. It's not like a description of a location. Correct? I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it, it always strikes me as weird and I always want to say the Abyss. I do too. But... <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I always love when Fire Emblem is just like, no. It's Abyss, not the Abyss. It's Walmart, not the Walmart, as I keep telling my parents um, and myself sometimes. I, I sometimes like to call it the Walmart. Sue me. <laughs> so uh, the heroes lead themselves into the Walmart in search of, wait, no, this uh, mysterious group of folks. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, in typical horror movie fashion, they find a mysterious group of folks. They're strange, but somewhat familiar to a few of our party members. The Ashen Wolves reveal themselves and challenge the outsiders to a battle, believing them to be sent by the church to take them out. After the battle, it is revealed that there are not all strangers. We learn more about the Abyss. Sorry, man. And just after our Walmart talk, we learn more about Abyss, the fourth house, and the threat that they face from uh, these these mercenaries that are that are coming after Abyss. So... I will I will state this right off the bat. I'm super stoked to be back playing Three Houses. I adored that game, and I think I think I think you you said this you said this in in earlier this year when this launched that this is a great way to jump back in, especially if the monastery stuff has been has been kind of scratching at your at the back of your mind and, and stuff you don't want to do like you don't want to run around the class and, and mm. do all the battles auxiliary and all that so this is a nice sort of you get a good chunk of story you just push through the battles there is a little bit of like visiting abyss and talking to people but it's very limited it's it's literally just yeah, conversations in this first chapter there's none of that but yeah like after sorry Start chapter two you get to start roaming around yeah and i wasn't and I think... Most, if not every chapter after that, you spend some time in there. So that was the thing is I wasn't sure how, like, whether we wanted to talk about, I, I had continued playing. And so I guess you're right. That is technically chapter two. But um, I think that uh, this first chapter and learning about these characters and, and I will, uh, I will, I will hold myself to this in discord. I said, man, these Ashen Wolves characters are pretty wacky. I think they're like the most wacky Fire Emblem heroes or Fire Emblem characters, and then you guys quickly re- reminded me of even characters I knew and 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 enjoyed in Three Houses. That I mean, they're not they're not that wacky, <laughs> you know. Especially if you boil them down to a one, you know, a very few sentences, trying to act all mysterious, um, basis of their quirkiness, like they do with these four characters, you mm-hmm. know. You, you start off, it doesn't give you their names initially, and it just kind of shows you them chatting and acting all mysterious and kind of sort of revealing at least some of their uh, big character quirks. Mm-hmm. But even then, it doesn't fully reveal all of their character quirks. Exactly. And I think in... so. What's happening is they they challenge Byleth and his group to to this battle, or not really challenge. They say like, okay, we're gonna fight you because you're you're in our territory, because um, there's these mercenaries. They're like, correct me if I got this I got this wrong, but the mercenaries that they're coming against are trying to attack Abyss and take them out, and they believe it could be the church, but 
Byleth is like, no, it's not the church. We're just here because you guys came on our territory type thing. Because there was a there was a an abyss soldier that was that did report back to the Ashen Wolves saying like oh, I was followed or whatever because he was up he was up uh, what do they call it um uh, we get if I recall correctly we get most uh, after the battle but yes that is correct mm-hmm. there have been mercenaries coming down and attacking the abyss and abyss suspects it's some it's someone from within the church whether you know against in secret against other members of the church or what. They do suspect it is the church trying to get rid of them. And they find it hard to believe that anyone would come into Abyss out of curiosity. Just simple curiosity like Byleth and company do. I mean, don't you, uh, when you find mysterious holes in the wall, don't you want to know what's what's in there? <laughs> well, due to my combat skills, no. <laughs> hey, look at this giant hole in the but, wall. Let's go investigate. It just seems like such a... Yeah. I mean, in in their in their context, it makes sense because they're yes. like. Th- if a I was hole. a battle trained, having fought for four months in battles against other human beings, uh, you know, officer trainee, then I might be more you know interested and willing in chasing after bandit shaped people into mysterious places. Sometimes you just gotta. But, you gotta delve, man. You gotta get in there. You gotta you gotta do some adventuring. Um, yes, but so, uh, yeah, it's it, it makes sense af- in the context. Yep. And after the battle, we find out that um, Balthus, uh, the king of grappling, as he calls himself, is actually a friend of Hilda's older brother, Holst, who we've heard referenced many a time. Uh, so he knows Hilda. We also find out that. Um, uh, Edelgard recognizes the house named Nouvelle from which Constant ha- Constance hails. So we find some connections as to why certain characters were brought along. And wasn't Ash, um, he recognized an adopted son? I think it was... Uh... I think that might be something in Chapter 2, because I did not see any of that. Okay, I, I did play a little Ash bit. Ash fight him, he would have recognized. Oh, yes, no, I did have Ash fight. It wasn't Balthus, it was... Uh... It was... Um, Yuri. Yeah, he fought Yuri and he recognized uh, him. So, okay. so there was special yeah, dialogue. I didn't have Ash fight Yuri. And I had so. Hilda fight Balthus and there was a little bit of yes. dialogue there too. Um, He's like, <laughs> yeah, that, his was funny. It's like, you know, scratch that whole dinner thing. Something tells me I should stay away from you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was really, and, and later on, I mean, again, I don't want to jump ahead. We'll obviously talk about this next week, but um you do have a conversation with well, Hilda and Balthus are having a conversation. They're very much like, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm glad I stayed away from you because your brother would basically kill me. And, um, it's, uh, you know, in terms of a first sort of go, uh, in this, in this side story, I think it's, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious as to how it's going to go ahead. There might be more in the second chapter with Hilda and Balthus, but, they kind of sort of have that conversation at the end of the chapter here. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit more um, in the in the second chapter as you're walking around, but yeah. I, I was going to say I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how these characters and their reason for being at the at Abyss to to see how that works going forward, like how it fits within the the greater model and the fact that they open up Cindered Shadows with Rhea and Alois talking about 
this thing that happened at the beginning of Garrick Mock. It's it's uh I wanna I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. Well if you don't know where it goes, I won't spoil it for you. Well I don't, but I'm sure I'll find out in the next, you know, seven to eight weeks. Yeah. It felt very obvious to me from the beginning, but hey. Really? Okay. Uh, well, they keep bringing it up. It's, you know, Murphy's gun. Or is it not Murphy? What is the one? Chekhov's gun. Sorry. What's that? Chekhov's, Chekhov's gun. gun. If you if they show you a... Chekhov's gun is if you see a gun early in the story, that gun will be fired before the end of the story. So you keep bringing this right of rebirth and these foreign apostles or old apostles up. It's oh. almost certain that they're going to be involved in the story at some point. I, okay, and I did I did gather that a little bit, and yeah. So I mean, I, I'm I, yeah. Okay, so maybe I'm, I'm not saying the exact details of what happens surrounding. No, it. it's almost certain someone's going to try and, and find those four apostles' bloodlines and use them. And maybe just maybe they're already in the room. Um, here's the thing: I've if if people have been listening to my content for a while, they know that I. I am blind. Uh, my mind does not, my mind does not push forward with story details because I kind of want to just experience it in the moment. And I podcast I'm with. Sorry if I ruined it for no, you. No, you didn't ruin it for me because honestly, now that you 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 put the pieces in front of me and show me the pieces and kind of explain them, like I, I get it, and and it's it's foreshadowing to a T, very much so. It's not even foreshadowing. It's literally like here's what's going to happen. Um, I podcast with people across the board, like Jocelyn on Gamers In and Lou on Zombies Ate My Podcast, where they both work that way. Their minds are enjoying the content in the moment, but their minds are also like pushing forward and and building the story as it goes. But for me, I'm just like, I'm just a happy little kid just sitting here enjoying, <laughs> enjoying my content. And uh, I don't. I don't, it doesn't bother me when people kind of like, no, no, no. If you, if you look yeah. at this a little closer, you're going to realize what, what's going on. I'm like, oh, okay. For me, even the first time I was playing through it, it's like, so these are the four apostles, Noah, Chevalier, Timotheos, Aban. So Chevalier, probably a mounted one. So I'm guessing Hoppy will have Chevalier's crest. Mm -hmm. in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of who has which crest. Oh. I might be wrong about that. I think the crest, the Chevalier thing doesn't actually necessarily reference horses or anything but it's close though i i think the reason yeah. my mind works this way is that back when the dark knight came out and this is going to be a, a little bit of a tangent so i'll be quick so back when the dark knight came out i would watch all the trailers so i was super excited about it and one of the trailers was um someone calling gordon commissioner gordon and of course he wasn't a commissioner at that point and then in the movie he doesn't become commissioner until late on later on and he uh he dies supposedly and then i'm th i'm sitting there thinking like ah oh, crap in the in the trailer they call him commissioner gordon and he's dead quote unquote before becoming commissioner therefore he's not dead he's going to be alive and it was all big a big swaparoo of course uh ah, yes 10 year old movie old trailers revealing everything exactly so that's why i think my i've i've uh, i've clipped my wings when it comes to comes to content but um this is a very different mode because they you're right they yep. they wouldn't have mentioned it if it if it had nothing to do with what we were about to experience um but you yeah. do see how i was talking about how this is a bit more like um traditional fire emblem yeah how you characters don't gain uh skill points like they do in the main game they're preset classes uh you get a couple class choices if you want to fiddle around with it 
And if you looked at their skills, you'll notice that the um, weapon triangle skills are on all the most, most, if not all of the characters. Oh, okay. Interesting. I did not notice the weapon so, triangle stuff, but I did notice the fact that it's traditional and that you're, you're not earning skill points. You're just kind of progressing level wise. And also yep. it felt like it felt weird because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like all, all of the characters had their advanced classes yet. This was pre sort of, this is still part yeah, one. It kind of fits in a weird time slot because based on conversations had, it suggests that it's before chapter nine, but after chapter four in the okay. main story. Or was it chapter nine or ten where Byleth's hair color changes? But it's before the hair color change, but after uh, he has the sword. Or she has the sword. I don't know if you played male or female. Uh, um, I actually, sw- that's a good question. I, I switched to male. Um, I. So I, I started my second playthrough way back in the day, and I, I, I decided I want to go male by list because I had gone female. But then I was like, ah, you know, it just doesn't seem as interesting to me. So I switched back to female by list for my restarted second playthrough. But then I decided for my for my side path, I was like, okay, I'm going to try male by list. I'll, I'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, so I am playing male by list. And, and, uh, I, I, yeah, I did yeah. female thinking that I was doing different from my previous Cinder Shadows playthrough, thinking I had gone through as... Male the first time, only when looking at my saves from my previous playthrough, I was female as well, based on the name I gave it. So, yeah. well, I think it's just uh, it's it's a lot of fun to be playing again, and I'm um, yeah. I'm I'm kind of uh, because I know I'm going to be into the game. Like it was kind of tough uh, as we already talked about. I went forward into chapter two thinking, oh, I'll just I'll I'll con- consider this part of chapter one, but it's very much chapter two going in and talking to folks after this mission. Uh, it's the pre-mission stuff, but I'm looking forward to jumping back into my second playthrough and experiencing like the the abyss stuff is already starting to pop up, right? Um, yep. we're getting quests and whatnot. So I think I don't be... know if you've closed down the game and gone to another game in between, but if you pop back up when you go to the main screen, it will tell you this has been unlocked in the main story. Accessible yeah. at this point and this point. I did get that. Um, I think chapter one doesn't lock anything, but technically since I progressed to chapter two, I, I did get I think stuff. chapter one unlocks Abyss. Does it? Okay. I could be misremembering. It's either but. chapter one or chapter two, but considering my save file says chapter two, it, it could be either or, but uh, um, yeah. I'm glad I, well, I finished chapter one and I'm in semantics, but I, I'm going to yeah, keep going stuff unlocks when you finish chapter, not in between. So Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll continue to report back if I get a chance to, to kind of pop in there with my experiences on on unlocking the content related to the story. But obviously our focus is on the is on the chapters themselves. Um, yeah. So uh, okay, man. Well, I think that's gonna do it. Any other thoughts on Cinder Shadows? Nope. It's kind of fun to be back in there playing around with these characters and getting back into some three houses stuff. Good Not stuff. the weird grinding I've been doing in my Golden Deer playthrough. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it is good to be back playing that game, and happy one-year anniversary to Fire Emblem Three Houses. I uh, can't believe it's already been a year. Uh, and yeah. uh, it's been another episode, Eddie, and we're going to call so, it there. Quick thing. Um, mm. if, uh, it's already too late for most of this stuff, but uh, there has been some stuff going on this week from the... Um, uh, 
voice actors of the game. Oh, okay. Uh, to, earlier today, there was a bunch of online signings and stuff on sale. I don't know if the sale is still there. There's a link in the um, Discord uh, to the prints and stuff that were up for sale. I don't know if everything's done because the signing's over or what. But in honor of the one year, they Joe Zija and the other two, uh, Tara Platt and, oh, I can't remember Dimitri's voice actor's name. Sure. I want to say Chris Hackney, but I could be misremembering. Uh, we're doing a joint signing online. So if you had a chance to see it, I hope you enjoyed it. But Yeah, I saw, I saw the discussions. No, I, I saw yep. the discussions in Discord, and I checked some of the prints, and those prints were really cool. It's like a, oh, yeah. a really if, neat If way. I had thought about it before, I, and I may go check to see if it's still available, I kind of wouldn't mind getting that double-sided Annette print. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they looked really cool, and um, I'm sure you can check out the, the VODs. I know Serene's Forest had a, had a write-up on uh, Joe, Claude's uh, voice actor, doing some streaming oh, yeah. and stuff. Joe, Joe's been amazing for three houses. Mm-hmm. All it's, the streaming he's done over the year. Yeah. No, it's been really good to see. And I'm, I, I, it always warms my heart when voice actors are invested in, in the product they're, they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're working on. I, I immediately what comes to mind before three, before three houses had these characters, like obviously Claude's voice actor is, is heavily involved, but it reminds me of, um, the way, uh, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson are so involved with, uh, the last of us and naughty dog and stuff like oh, yeah. that. So it's, uh, it's really cool to see when voice actors, you know, they they connect with these characters so much. They are these characters to the point where they uh, they 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 show that connection in in their in their side work and and just their daily lives. So it's really cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you for uh, mentioning that. It's really cool that they were able to do those signings and and have some cool streams. I I didn't catch it, but I might uh, I might go check it out and see how it went. Um, and those prints are really cool to, uh, to see as well. So definitely check those out. We'll have a link in the show notes. We'll dig up a link for you folks. Uh, okay. So, uh, visit us on the web, gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. As Eddie mentioned, you can check out our Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That is the best place to talk about all things Fire Emblem with, uh, your, your lovely hosts of Summoner's Call. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, Eddie at Drellfear, and don't forget to follow at TheGamersIn for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Okay, quick question before we go. Who are you recording this show with other than me? Because you said lovely host, and clearly that doesn't include me. <laughs> you, you are, uh, yeah, you're lovely. Come on, come on. <laughs> now you're just joshing. <laughs> and no, the other the other co-host is not Josh. I, I've I've seen a mirror, so a mirror. I know oh. what I look like. I know what I look like. I'm like, who's this a mirror you're talking about? <laughs> Man, a mirror. I know, I know. It's okay. I will uh, go to bed on time tonight. <laughs> <laughs>